Welcome to Recast, brought to you by Regeneration. I'm your host, Aaron Whipple. Today we got Justin Sterner with us. What is up? And Alyssa. Hello, everyone. Awesome. Super excited about our show today for you. We got a lot of really good things to talk about. Um, I was eating pizza earlier, so pizza slices are on my mind, and we've got uh, several slices of culture to to serve to you guys today. So we're so pumped wait, so about Aaron it. So Aaron can get away with saying slices of culture, but I'm not allowed to say sick. Dude, absolutely not. <laughs> it's totally different, man. You it's don't not. hear people saying slices of culture 20 I years haven't. ago. So, Someone hashtag that. Yeah, slices of culture. Love it. Every Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, yeah, crazy excited about our show today for you. Um, it's it's going to be great. Justin, what's going on in your life, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. I'm glad to be hanging out. It's pollen season, as we all know. So, um, you Everybody's know. getting sick. Everybody sounds like Everybody's this when they talk to super, you. super sick. Yeah, yeah super I, sick. I walk through Walmart with a sneeze guard on because it's wow. like... You know, oh wait, I don't go to Walmart. <laughs> I do go to Walmart a lot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. You're too bougie for Walmart. No, well, you know how those people say like Target or Target. Target. They call yeah. It, yeah, that's what mm-hmm. all the crazy basic people. Do they say that in Buckhead? <laughs> they do. No, no, there's no, there's no Walmart in Buckhead. I'm almost positive. So there is a Target. So there is a Target. There's one right down the road. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Honestly, there's not really. There's like one Walmart that I know inside like the city and yeah. it's like underground. It's super weird. I went to it one time and couldn't find it, oh, but yeah. it was because I was on the surface level yeah. and apparently you got to go underground There's to get to the Walmart. There's a target like that by Passion City Church. Yeah, there yeah, is. You're right. sure. It feels it's like post-apocalyptic. Cool. It's super cool. Yeah. The, the one you take the escalator up to? There's one like that over near um, in Ponce too. Um, well, we um, so there's two Krogers within two miles of um, Amber Nye's apartment, and so we we go to this. I used to, you know, I grew up on the street, so I yeah. I go to this one all the time. Well, Amber and I went to this other one, like two miles in the other direction, because you know it was like it said a minute closer, and right. we walked in there and we thought somebody had been murdered because oh it was God. so dirty. Like you literally walked through, and like it looked like somebody like ran down the aisles and dumped stuff on. It's so bad. I literally I was like, I think I know what Kroger I'm you're sure talking you about. It's cr- like yeah. you go like the fish that's in the set, like because um, Amber and I are super big salmon people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get salmon and avocados and kale like pretty much every day. But anytime that we're we're shopping for stuff, there's like this huge nervousness that we have <laughs> because it's like if this stuff isn't super fresh, it's gonna, you know, poison us or something. And we straight up walked in and I'm telling you, I, I like I felt bad for the fish in that in that Kroger. It was crazy. Yeah. What have you ever been to like uh, a Walmart or something when a, a really big storm is about to hit like a hurricane or something mm-hmm. especially in oh, Florida man. like um, yeah. it's crazy everything's all over the floor and like everybody's trying to figure all this stuff out yeah. um, that's, that's what happens like, when we get an inch of rain here in Atlanta right. or snow yeah, yeah more likely snow yeah it's crazy you, you go in there's no milk no bread it's gonna be 52 no degrees today butter. everybody's <laughs> gone locks their doors yeah. with <laughs> when I lived boards. in Orlando I was there for um, I think it was Hurricane Matthew oh man last yeah. Two October or one October ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we were we were locked in inside and for a few days, but we were totally fine where we were. The park shut down for a few days, and it was a little sketchy because no one was in the parks and they're always open. So yeah, it's a little weird. Did was it? Did it remain open? The park? No, the parks closed for wow. I, I think a week. Um, That's like six billion had, dollars lost. Right? 
yeah, they had tons of people that they had to, you know, take care of that were staying at the resorts that couldn't leave yeah. because the storm was so bad. But, um, yeah, I got my Florida hurricane experience checked off. So, yeah, the Walmarts were crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking it up here. I really want to know how much... I looked at Amber and I went to Disney for our honeymoon, and we were like mm. talking about what it, how much it is per day that Disney makes on all their parks. And I mean, it's it's crazy. Do you know that like Walt Disney? And I'm sure I'm gonna get these um, facts wrong, so somebody fact check me at the end of the the podcast here. But I think he bought each acre for five hundred dollars or something like that. Mm. Um, and that I know that right. I know they tell all of the employees this, but. Um, it was super shady the way that Walt Disney bought all of the property. <laughs> he um, he he had different farmers. He like paid off different farmers to go and buy the land, and say that they were gonna because like you know how like farmers are superstitious about farmland. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like this is gonna remain farmland for because you know pe- the world is changing and you know right. generations are turning into you know apartment complexes and you know water parks and amusement parks and stuff. And that was when you know the roller coaster thing was really becoming big. And so Walt, like, I guess, bought all of this land, and then the farm community in um, in Orlando was like, "Oh no, we're losing all of the the marsh ground where we're gonna farm and do all this stuff." And he was like, "You guys aren't you guys aren't raising any crops? There's no food. It's, I mean, it's a marshland. It's water and and uh, mud." So. So he paid off all these farmers to pretend to be other farmers, and he went in there and they bought the land, but it was under Walt's fake aliases, and then he acquired all of the land. This is a story the Uber driver told us. Um, And then I asked some of we asked you know a few of the other employees, and they were like, "Yeah, that's how it happened." But he got each acre for five hundred dollars, and now the acreage for Disney World is worth you know. Wow, billions of dollars. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. That's insane. But yeah, crazy. Disney makes so much money. That for me, like thinking about a week of it close, and I'm sure it doesn't. You know, it's like it's like me throwing you know a few pennies in a grocery bag on accident and forgetting to leave them there. But it's like Disney closes for a week. They're they're not financially struck. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but it's yeah, that's wow. wild. What what's your just because you're talking about Uber drivers and them telling you things? What is your craziest <laughs> Uber driver story? Let's make this a segment. <laughs> Craziest Uber driver story. Yeah. Oh, man. I know mine. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. I was in Chicago with a couple of buddies. We were Chicago, just up there. Home. Yeah. We were just up there um, hanging out and having some fun. And uh, we got in this Uber. We didn't have a car. We flew in. So we got, got in this Uber. And uh, we had been Ubering like all day or whatever. And then this evening, we got in the car and there was this like Russian guy. It was <laughs> awesome. He's this Russian guy in there, and he's the funniest Uber driver I've ever I've ever met. He was telling his jokes. Of course, he's got his thick Russian accent. It was awesome. Um, and, they love uh, Mr. Whipple. Yeah, was, <laughs> it was, I'm serious. He's like, this is Uber. What is Uber? And then he was like, I he uh, he started telling us all these things about like the end times and kind of going oh, off man. on this rant. It was, it was great. And just like talking about apocalypse. Aaron whips, stuff. whips out his LOL whip. Aaron <laughs> whips out his Bible and starts flipping a revelation. <laughs> no, no, no. This is like what this. he was. Yeah, this oh, is dude, like I believe it. where he was going with it or whatever. And he was like, um, he was like, I want to show you a video. So he pulls out this video and he plays it. Of course, he's driving it this whole time. So we're like, this is hilarious. This is incredibly Wait, he pulled unsafe. Up his video while he's yes, driving. Yes, yeah. Oh my gosh. And so he pulls up this video and he's playing it on YouTube while he's driving, holding it in his right hand, driving with his left hand. Um, and he's like, and the video is talking about like how 
the the gates of heaven will open up and oh the gosh. gates like <laughs> signify or, or bill gates was the <laughs> like symbolic representation of that and um and how, uh, and he said the trumpets will blow. And he's talking about how, like, Donald Trump was like the trumpets of God. I was oh like, this is gosh. out there. I was like, this is too he much. Told me this. That's crazy. It was wild. Yeah, he was like, he just went off on this. I wow. can't do it justice because his Russian accent right. made the whole yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And just the whole experience was unforgettable. When, we, when you sign up, so when you sign with an agency to be an actor, um, a lot of the times you get you have to start like going through all of these websites um, casting agencies will like look up so it's like now casting you know it used to be backstage now it's actors access and right. um, casting 800 and all these aren't well actually that's not true right? casting 800 doesn't really do anything but um, you pay like 70 bucks a year it's crazy you like sign it with an agency you're like yes I signed and then you have to pay like you know 180 bucks right out the gate to sign with all these right. websites what you have to do is you have to go through and list some of your special skills that's my scariest one is I always am like okay I can do British I can do Irish I can do, you know, Scottish, Australian. And then I get to the Russian one and I have to like, I always do this. I did this like a couple days ago. I stop and I'm like, I start doing it to see if I can do the Russian accent. And I yeah. always like click the button. Like, yeah, I can do a Russian accent. And then I always unclick it because I'm like, nah, if I ever got casted <laughs> and then they're like, like, hey, can um, you do your Russian accent? I would, I would run. I'd run away. <laughs> I used to, when I traveled uh, with Life Action Ministries as an electric guitarist and, and a communicator for them, I would do this Russian accent when I would introduce myself to the congregation or the people that we were doing the conference for. And uh, it was awesome because, I don't know, I guess I watched Despicable Me one too many times. So <laughs> I can do a Russian accent, at least I camp. used to could. Um, but I, w I would get up there and I'd say, I'd be like, hello, my name is Aaron Whipple. <laughs> I am from Little Village right outside of Moscow. Uh, I swam here, uh, I saw Russia. I mean, I saw from Russia. I saw uh, what do you, how you say Alaska, and I <laughs> I started swimming and I did not stop swimming until I hit land and then I was there and it was great and then I pulled up my free tray and I shot all everyone. Dude, it's crazy. I it was great. I just so the church that I go to, yeah. they do. Um, I'll have to show you guys a picture about this. Um, and if we could do like the the. Um, this is crazy. So I, I sent in a self-tape for Prince Charming and Gru for yeah. this live character improv thing yeah. that this church does. And, you know, it's campus-wide. It's a paid thing. It's huge. And each campus has a certain amount of characters. Mm -hmm. So I got hired as Gru. So the entire the entire day for a month, every Sunday, I walked around for eight hours, you know, because they have five different services. Yeah. And I was like, hello, everybody. It's good to see you. Nice Gru. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> Welcome to the Twelve Stones. Is that your directions? Pretty good. Sometimes. Everybody's very excited about it. Dude, I'm dying. Stop. And oh um, kids like actually freaked out. Like uh, I had this. No, I seriously had a freeze ray in my leather jacket. Um, uh, and freeze ray. <laughs> and then you're like, they freak out and be like, oh my word. But then I had this, I had this like plush minion that was this midget. Oh it was way. like an actual midget. And he had this little, and he like fall. No, seriously, they casted a midget as um, like, it's the coolest thing ever. And this guy, he like walked around with his, his minion thing on. And the kids love the minion, but I'd be like, I'd be like, Jerry, where are you at? Come back over here. It's time to talk. <laughs> and 
I'm not kidding. It was serious. Wait, serious. You have photos of this? Here, I'm going to pull them up. Oh I'm serious, you guys. It was the craziest uh, thing ever. And I got, you guys, I went through four and a half hours of prosthetics every morning hey, because I had, gonna, I was bald and I had the nose and here, I'm pulling them up. We're going to, we're going to post these pictures on the Instagram story. So here's a good segue. If you don't follow our Instagram yet, go follow us so you can see Justin as Gru. Our Instagram is at region810. That's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that is terrifying. That's what not is, a midget. That, that, like one, a isn't, that one isn't the midget. Oh um, For my high school monologue oh uh, in speech class, I did um, the, the Gru scene where he's like introducing his daughters to the house, right? So he's like, <laughs> she's like come in here, little girls. Uh, this is where you... You will uh, eat. I, I can't remember the whole thing. Eat I used to do. You sleep. You know, he was like, and uh, mm, uh, no sneezing, pooping, burping, or farting. <laughs> yeah, I see. That was my hardest one is doing some of Because, kids, here's the worst part about that whole process, though. It was, I loved it. I would totally go back. And I, I, I'm hoping they're going to cast because they do it every year. It's at the movies at, yeah. every year. I hope they're going to cast me again. But, um,. I didn't know, because I'm not caught up on current events enough, but I didn't know that a third Despicable Me had come out. Yeah. So I was doing all the lines from the first and second movie, because when you get casted, you do all this homework and research about your character, right? right. You, know, you know so that when a kid comes up, they know what's going on, yeah. but I didn't know that there was a third movie. Yeah. So these kids kept coming up and they'd be like, where's your brother? And I'd be like, mm, I don't know that brother. <laughs> they were like, yes, you do. He was in the movie with you. And I was like, no, are you thinking of my dog, Rufus? And they're like, your dog's name isn't Rufus. And I was like, well, he's <laughs> the other dog. He's not the other one. Dog. And dude, you got, I had kids like look at me, they'd be like, fake. You're yeah. fake. And I would just walk <laughs> away and I'd start crying because I, you know, it's like it was awful. Oh my so. gosh. The great thing about his character though is he is so all over the place that... Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You wow. can justify being a psychopath. <laughs> Alright, Alyssa, what's going on with you really quick? We gotta move it oh on. Oh my gosh. But... Well, bring it, bring it back down. Make it a little more real. Well, I mean, I guess this is all real, but <laughs> <laughs> real life right now for me is finals. Yeah. Um, which is great. They're Hopefully I'll be done this the end of this week, and then I'll have a nice little spring break term, and then um, on to some more classes. So just hitting the books hard and getting it done. That's awesome. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do. Do you take like, a sledgehammer to the books, or yeah. is it like a brick? That was, that's what this was. Yeah. Oh, sweet. That's crazy. Well, super cool. All right, let's uh, let's jump into some current events. So it's time for the current. Intro music. <laughs> Are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Stop it, Mom. Oh All right, this is the segment where we bring to you some just world events, things that are going on in culture, what we see, celebrity culture, crazy news that's going on, uh, sports stuff, uh, whatever we find interesting and we want to share with you, this is the time to do it. So, Justin, what would you bring us today? I have a, I have a three-er really quick. Great. They're all quick. So, um, you guys know the new movie, Ready Player One? Yeah, or something. It, yeah. Is it Player One or just Ready Player, Ready player One? one. Yeah. So Spielberg, right? Right. Well, um, I don't know if it's one of the characters or um, whoever it is, but there's this whole thing going around how like fast food restaurants. One of the actors wants to get fast food restaurants to start naming some of their stuff Spielbergers. Yeah. And so they like keep sending burgers to the film crew, or during the filming they keep they kept sending burgers to the film crew that were like named on the receipt Spielbergers to Spielberg and his team. Yeah. And Spielberg like released a video of him saying, um, 
uh, guys, I just want everyone to know this isn't happening. I'm, I'm not about it. Please stop. Or, oh you know, something. I it was like super funny. And I like kept walking in. And these guys like continue to send burgers to him and his, him and his crew. And they say Spielburgers. And I'm like, this is just crazy. That's so awesome. that was one thing. Um, there are two more. Sausage Walk. So um, a Instagram famous um, dog owner decided that he was going to have a walk, a like a um, national walk for all of the Instagram famous dogs, like Doug the Pug, yeah, you know oh the gosh. the Blue Boys, and yeah. um, some of these famous like the famous Schnauzers and all these crazy dogs. They, I don't know why they call it a sausage walk, but there was this little um, one of the like the super long wiener dogs. What are they called? Dachshund? Yeah, 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 a dachshund. And so they went on this crazy big walk, and um, I was just thought that was funny because I was reading through it, and I was like, oh, my word, this is crazy. All of these famous, famous handlers dogs. took their dogs to Britain to have this walk in, um, like, you know, over Abbey Road and all these different places. And I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this. They're in England doing, a, um, doing this crazy big famous dog walk. Third wow. thing is a little bit funnier but also a little sad to me. I'm not a very big video game person. Um, I know neither one of you are either. No. I think that they kill brain cells. And <laughs> if you're listening to this and you love video games, I'm sorry. I know that there's, um, I know that they're fun, but I have just never really partaken in, or par- yeah, partaken in video games. But I read this whole article about this mom, and you know how like Fortnite is the new thing. Like, mm-hmm. everyone is playing Fortnite. Well, I teach for a living. So, my, like, every one of my students who is, like, you know, a middle school boy is playing this game Fortnite. And I was like, what yeah. is this game? And I was like, oh, okay. So, parents parents won't let their, their kids play video games with blood in it. So, you know, video game creators got smart and they created this game Fortnite. Well, I, I kept running into all these adult guys. They're like, oh, yeah, Fortnite. I'm going to go home and play Fortnite. And I'm like, oh, you... Fortnite, you play Fortnite, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like anybody can play it, right? It's a game. Like, okay, go for it. Um, but it, it, it really has been like affecting teenagers and middle school boys and, and all these like, people. And I was reading, and this mom walked into her kid's room because she got a report card and it was like, kid, um, your kid, you know, let's call him Joey for now. And he's like, your kid Joey always comes in and he talks about how he's not gonna do his homework because he has too much Fortnite to play and all that stuff. <laughs> And so this mom decided that she was going to scare her kid out of um, Fortnite. And um, so she he got home from like this game, this soccer practice or something, and she was like, hey, um, you can't play Fortnite anymore. And the kid started crying and ran away. Oh my gosh. Like ran into the neighborhood. She said she found him at the pool, like, you know, in the slide or something in the playground or whatever. And I was like, that's a lot for a kid to run away. But bigger news... She decided once he got home to even make it worse, he ran away. Like, okay, he gets the point. Like, once he's back, keep him home. No, so mom goes to the store and buys a PS1, like the or whatever it is, uh, Xbox One or yeah. whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. And um, she buys this Xbox One. He has like an Xbox 360 or something. I don't know. Whatever the the older version of the Xbox is. Mm-hmm. And she so he plays it. She buys this Xbox One as a as one to destroy. Oh wow. She just buys one and so she plugs it all up and he comes home from school and he turns on his Xbox. He's like, "What? There's an Xbox One. This is crazy." And he plugs in Fortnite. And he's like, "I can't believe it." He gets on live with all his friends and she comes in with a baseball bat. <laughs> And she pulls it off. First of all, 
Amber and I talked about this. We do not believe when we have kids, we're not going to put a TV in our kids' rooms. Like yeah. that's just asking for disaster. But she goes in and she takes a baseball bat to the Xbox One oh, that she had just bought. Nice. So she spent like whatever it is, four hundred or five hundred dollars on this Xbox One. She could have just destroyed the three sixty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the older, cheaper version. Wow. Right. And then if she ever decides to go back and replace it, it's cheaper too, right? Mm. But she like goes in with a baseball bat and destroys she said this kid literally opened his mouth just and just in awe <laughs> had tears streaming down but not even screaming just staring there and like he wow. looks at mommy and says I will never forgive you <laughs> and I was like how sad is it that video games are starting yeah. to cause kids to be so addicted to the screen yeah. that they can't even break break away from it. But so right. I like did a little bit of research into Fortnite, and I guess there's like some really cool aspects of Fortnite, and they you know they keep updating the game and fixing all these different bugs and stuff. Right. And I get it; it's a cool game, right? Like I played Call of Duty in high school. I yeah. get it; it's it's fun. But for me, it's like when if if ever it became like too much. I'd run, go outside and go on a run, or I'd play, you know, for three hours outside, or play basketball or whatever right. to get my head out of it. Just go be like, outside. okay, cool, this is just a game, whatever. Right. But these kids are like, there's reports of kids like throwing their things at their brothers and like tackling the the TV screen and like all this crazy. I'm like, what what is wrong with the world? But so yeah, that's my that's my three year. That's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. And there's like this trend too that you'll see online with parents. And grandparents destroying game consoles. I don't know what what the deal is, but like, I mean, you can go on YouTube and literally watch hours of just parents running over game consoles with their lawnmowers and throwing TVs out their windows just because they're you know uh, kind of sticking it to their kids. Um, a lot of it is fake, honestly, but it's kind of crazy. Um, parents are like rising against the the gaming culture. Um, I was never a gamer. I, I never really got into it. Um, I, I do remember being younger and like playing some stuff on my PS2 that I had and uh, having a lot of fun with it, but I was never one to just be like so hooked on a game. The only game that I was hooked on, and, and you guys are going to be like, Aaron, you were a weird guy, uh, was the game Kingdom Hearts when I was like in middle school. My brother was obsessed with that game. It was game. so good. And the reason that it was fun, the reason I did get hooked on it was because it had a great story and like I'm a sucker for a good story. So um, yeah, I loved, I loved that. Uh, but anyways, other than that, I really wasn't a big gamer, so I don't really understand yeah. it all, you I know? didn't either, and I didn't grow up around brothers. I just have a younger sister, so that's, like, not even something that I am familiar with. It's just yeah. foreign to me. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, moving it along. Alyssa, what you got? So I just have one funny article that I came across today um, about a guy who he broke up with his gym, um, <laughs> like, J or GYM, like, where you work out. <laughs> Wait, as in like the place where you go and like lift yes. weights? Yeah. yeah. So he, he broke up. And apparently with Planet Fitness, he can't cancel his membership o over the phone. He has to write <laughs> a formal. <laughs> they required a certified letter to cancel since he lived in a different state. And so I think this guy was just being facetious and yeah. wanted to, you know, lay his cards on the table. So... Um, he wrote this super long letter, and I'm not going to read it all, but um, it's the, a portion of it says, To whom it may concern, it is with deep regret and a, heavy <laughs> <laughs> and a heavy heart that I write this letter, but I must... <laughs> I'm not going to... How, how heavy, though? If he's breaking up with them, he needs to probably get back into a new gym. 
but I must come forth with my intentions with sincerity, sincerity and honesty. The purpose of this letter is to end my relationship with Planet Fitness Orange. Um, and then the end of it says, like, I still think fondly of you and the time we spent together as, a, as I drive by one of your many locations. Sometimes when I'm alone, I even throw on one of my old Power Pop workout playlists. <laughs> the rush of our it wasn't you. Orange Theory was just right. cheaper. And then he, the, the thing that kills me is he signed it, yours in Christ. <laughs> and this guy's a legend. I love yeah. it. I love, that's like when, like, that's like when, like, really crazy, like, you know, uh, like, metal singers who are, like, you know, writing songs, like, blood, gore, and guts. Like, you know, like, crazy, and they're like, God bless you, man. Like, and they're, they're right. like, I'm like, like, I'm like, what? yes. Yeah, it was great. He just said, I figured I'd have fun with it. You either can get really mad at something like this or just waste somebody's time by sending them something official that they'd then have to take seriously. That's hilarious. Do you think, do you think, like, the guy, he was like, hey, Taylor, come over here. Check it out. We just got an email from this guy. And then oh, do you think I'm they got, sure. like, all the employees, like, sat around, and the manager was like to whom it may concern I've decided to end and they were all like oh my word they act do you think they like cried or do you think they laughed like because for me I don't I, I, I would, they, think, I would think they would laugh yeah yeah, yeah. Like, this guy this guy's hilarious yeah that's that's funny that's that's crazy <laughs> awesome well my slice is um so for those of you who may not have uh seen or, or heard the Astros um, their their World Series banner unveiling happened this past week or today was it today? Um, and uh, anyways, so they were unveiling their World Series banner. This I mean big mo- moment, this monumental moment where uh, you know all the fans are and the team is standing out on the field getting ready for this uh, climax uh, to to take place and. They go to unveil it and it it doesn't it doesn't unveil. So the the sheet over the thing is like stuck and it's like not coming down. They're trying everything. I mean, it takes like forever and there's you know everybody's kind of standing there awkwardly. The players are all dying laughing at this point. And then this this hero, this stud of our generation, gets up there. He's got gray hair of stash and um, his little walkie-talkie thing on and he pulls out a leaf blower and this man stands underneath the Astros banner and is blowing because there's a big sheet over it. That's how it he's blowing this leaf blower up (laughs) at and of course the crowd's just going crazy everybody's cheering on the leaf blower guy and he's just blowing his leaf blower up and finally the banner comes down all because of leaf blower man he saved the I hope the team manager was like you're we getting need to a $2 raise. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know that like, custodian's making like $8 an hour, and he just like saved the day on national television. Oh, I oh, that's know. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, just this random guy gets up there with a leaf blower and blows it down. You, this is trending on Twitter right now. You can, uh, you can go check out Leaf Blower Man for the Astros. Super cool. Um, anyways, moving the show along, um, it is time for our featured artist. Justin, why don't you introduce our featured artist for us? Yes, guys, today our featured artist is a good friend of mine, Nate McGahee. He's yeah. a Christian rapper. Um, I also say storyteller because his, his lyrics really do convict and move people towards um, a deeper relationship 
with Christ. And he's he's got a really amazing story, and his testimony just kind of blows me out of the water. But he um, he went to West Forsyth High School in here in Cumming, Georgia, and he um, you know he did pep rallies and other things where he just like pumped people up. He's he's an incredible hype man and MC, and he um, you know he was writing all this incredible music and. He, he wasn't getting picked up or he wasn't getting um, – people weren't listening to his music as much as he was hoping for. He's like, he, was, he was chasing a platform, really starting to build it um, stronger. And I remember, um, I remember like seeing him kind of like drop off the face of the earth for a little while. I, I was like – you know, I was one of those people, you know, one of the few that was like really in touch with his music. I listened to it all the time. I still do frequently. And he like kind of dropped off the face of the earth, and I was just very curious. And then when he, um, you know, about a year and a half or two years ago, he started re-releasing music, and I, I ran into him somewhere and was like, "Dude, what's going on? Like, you know, you are not really, you're not really producing any stuff. What what was happening?" And he was just like, "You know what, man? Um, I just needed to really focus on my relationship with God." And he That's was awesome. like, "I, yeah, you know, my music great. was really important to me, but what's most important to me is that." You know, I'm doing this for a bigger purpose than just myself. And for me, the authenticity and the the reality of, of him getting that conviction and kind of having that has now taken his music from where it was, which is really good, to now really great. He's he's truly like one of the best Christian rappers, and I think he's gonna be I think he's gonna be up there with Lecrae and and Andy Mineo and you know Tadashi and some of these guys. I just think it's yeah. gonna take him time, and I yeah. think God's gonna use his platform as it's building to just give him you know endless endless platforms to start sharing. So um, awesome. I hope you guys really enjoy him. Go check him out on Spotify, Apple Music. Um, Pandora is that a thing anymore? <laughs> yeah. uh, MySpace iTunes, yeah. hashtag throwback to the last episode. <laughs> yeah, with dude. MySpace. No, he just dropped but, a sick track on MySpace. It's pretty sweet. Go <laughs> check out my my mixtape on <laughs> SoundCloud. No, he's 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 really really awesome. You guys go check him out um, at Nate McGahee, um, and you can listen to some of his stuff. My favorite song to shout it out is "That's All Right." And, but he's got some also some really, really awesome material. Great. So today we're going to play for you Bars, which is one of my personal favorites. Yeah. <laughs> so dope. So enjoy this. Bars. Yo, there's a big problem that I've come to notice. People don't realize who they got the talents from. So in result, they're using them for the wrong purpose. How about we start using our gifts for the glory of God instead of ourselves? Look, most. Men and women be living a type of life, but they're looking for a twin and then a Benjamin's. So I hit them with a rhetoric that I'm ready to represent, and I've been keeping the raw like cinnamon. Everybody got a purpose, so I be doing the verses that I wrote with a pen and a vision, man. Understanding I ain't worried about the little individuals that are putting me down on the internet. One time for the real folks, one time for the homies that walk the walk. One time for the leaders of the church that really want to change the block. Persecution, I'm okay with that if my God smiles and I'm good. I'll get the gospel where it needs to go, so I'll rock right up in your hood. Got him. Bars. 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 You got gifts and you got talents, but it's all worthless. It's all worthless. You got known and you get money, but that's not the purpose. No. What you think when you're behind the curtain? You focus on Christ to save the person. You want the world to know we beat the serpent, or you want the applause when you hear your verses, huh? We all got talents, all we gotta do is use them. With our mindsets and the souls and lives of these humans. You can thank Newton for bringing us down to earth. Use your gifts for the glory of God, and he's gonna show your work. Look. 
never wanna be accountable with the lyrics I'm running. I just wanna see a change in the heart of the people living for evil. They ain't never really seen what it's like to be burning with the flame. All the enemies, enemy trying to be the enemy, they never taking away my energy. But it'd be insane for me to give up on a guy to never even try to get the people that I love to know his name. Uh, I'm out here grinding, I'm out here working. Giving up is no option now. I'm striving towards my purpose. If I touch a soul in a crowd of ten, I touch a soul in ten thousand. The job is done, God did his work, and that ain't spring from the mountains. Turn on. Bars. Well, guys, that was Bars by Nate McGahee. And so dope. Yeah, it was so good. I love his music. I love his his heart also. I think I really think he's one of the most underrated oh, artists. Like, yes. And no one really knows that's why yeah. he's underrated because, right. you know, he's not out there. And, yeah. Um, I, it was a really, really cool opportunity to promote him and his music and his story yeah. at Regen Conference yeah. this past year. He week. was here, you guys, in 2018, our first conference. He was our kind of our headliner act um, the night for Rejoice Night. He came out and did an incredible set. It was it was amazing. And then from there, it kind of it kind of um, he 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 got a connection and then went and did the alternative and yeah. got to rap there. And you guys know that um, you know shout out to our boy Caleb Stanley. He's yeah. he's making moves he's over with the al- alternative ministry and, and Nate yeah. was doing that. But yeah, guys, check him out. Listen to his stuff and um, get pumped to see him again soon at one of our Regen events. Awesome. Awesome. All right, it is time for Mission Minute. We all got talents, all we gotta do is use them. Great, so this is the uh, segment where we get to just talk about what God's doing in our own lives and hope that it encourages you and lifts you up and maybe even challenges you a little bit. So Alyssa, what has God been showing you? Awesome. So I've been going through the Old Testament, um, and it's really cool to see how God's characters kind of peeled back layer by layer in the Old Testament. Um, And I just read through the book of Hosea Mm. um, a few days ago, which if you don't know, um, it's a story about a man named Hosea who um, is a prophet and God tells him to go marry um, this woman, Gomer, who um, was a prostitute in that day and kind of just like a totally radical thing for God to say like go pursue her Um, but it's really amazing how God God shows through this story um, the parallel between Gomer who's this woman and Israel Um, and it's just really a, a beautiful story when you read it from a narrative perspective but also when you kind of dig deeper into it um, there's a a verse in chapter 2 um, and this is the Lord speaking. He says, There I will give her back her vineyards and make the valley of Accor a door of hope. And the valley of Accor, um, Accor translates to trouble. Um, and so he's just saying, like, in the same way that Hosea was pursuing Gomer, um, going into this area of trouble that um, came with a lot of repercussions um, in the same way God was saying, I'm going to pursue Israel, I'm going to pursue my people. Um, even though it entails a valley of trouble, and I'm going to turn that valley of trouble into a door of hope. Um, and there's there's so much in this book. It's only a few pages. Like I highly recommend just going and reading through it, um, reading the story of Hosea, but then also reading through um, what the Lord says throughout the book. And um, it's just really, really beautiful. It's become a really important book to me and it's really really cool so that's amazing yeah if i'm not wrong jose and gomer uh, um gomer left 
right? Multiple times. Yeah, multiple times. Several times. And yeah. Hosea went was was commanded mm-hmm. by God to go back yeah. and mm-hmm. get her. That's one of my favorite parts. But and I love yeah. that story, and I've read it several times because um, I've always wanted to write a play about it. And I kept kept rereading it because I was like, this makes no sense to me. Yeah. Right. When she leaves him, why would he go back and chase after her again? And I, I kept like, I kept asking God, why why did you ask Hosea to go after go after Gomer as many times? And I think it's I think it's a beautiful depiction of how God chases Absolutely. after us when right. we run away from Him. And yeah. it even says, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly, it says just it says go again, Hosea, um, uh, go love a woman who love who's loved by another man. Just as the love of, just as the Lord loves the people of Israel, um, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's just like so direct. God saying, "Look, this is, I, you do this because I've done it for you and for yeah. the people of Israel. Though they turn to other gods and raisin cakes, as I think is what it says. Yeah. Um, though you turn to other gods and raisin cakes, basically saying that though you turn to things of pleasure, things of this world, things other than me to satisfy you, um, yet I still continually mm-hmm. and persistently pursue you just as I do that to my people, my children, you do that to the one whom I've commanded you to love, yeah. which is this woman, right? I think it's also really cool too. It's, I think the book of Hosea where the narrative shifts and it's one of the first times I think you see in, in the Old Testament where you know, God is referred to as, um, as a husband and there's just a few really beautiful verses. It says, I will betroth you to me forever, speaking to his people. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice, in love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness, and you will acknowledge the Lord. And it's just, it's such a different representation than you see many other places in the Bible. Um, Yeah, that's huge. And, you know, God pursuing the church as his bride, and it's just really... really And I I love that Hosea gets to the place where she's being auctioned at at this point, right? And he, he um, the guy, he says, um, that's my wife. And then he's like, well, you got to pay for her. He's like, how much? And um, it's, it's 10 shekels of silver and a le- or 13 shekels of silver and a lethic of barley or something of, of, like that. So anyways, he pays for his own wife, right? Like yeah. he ends up paying a price that mm-hmm. he did not have to pay for someone who turned their back on him right multiple times and that is again just another beautiful yeah. depiction and story that shows the gospel right god didn't have to pay for us right yet he was he was willing to come down to a place where he didn't belong right uh get his feet dirty on mm-hmm. this planet earth put on skin and bone and then pay a price for something that he really already owned right yeah i mean hosea his he, he was already married gomer was already his wife and now you have God, who we are already in submission to him. We are, he is God. We are his children. Mm-hmm. We're already owned by him. Yet he saw the need and saw fit and saw that he loved us so much that he wanted to pay the price that he didn't have to pay for us. Right? He bought what was already his just because he loved us and he had to remain just and wanted us with us. Really with beautiful. him. So yeah. it's incredible. It's an mm-hmm. amazing story. It's one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Cool. Justin, what you got, man? Yeah, so <clears throat> I was, this morning I was reading in Luke, and um, 
I was I've been kind of obsessed with the the thought and the aspect of story lately. Um, you know, being not only just like an actor, but being someone in in ministry who is you know captivated when when speakers and when um, pastors are are incredible storytellers. Mm. Um, some of my favorite pastors are storytellers because they they use that. Um, to to captivate you know the congregation captivate the the audience of people who are are paying attention and so I was I was curious because I think I think a m- majority of people who are storytellers or who are just normal people tell stories every day and I wrote this down today I was like so Monday morning comes you get to work you know you're you scrambled you know, out the door, grab your keys, whatever, you get your coffee and you sit down at work and then, you know, after your coffee wears off, you go to the break room, you run into a boss or a coworker and they say, Hey, how was your weekend? Just your response, even though you're just, you know, recalling what happened over the past three days, you're telling them a story. You have an opportunity to then share whether you had a good weekend, whether you had a bad weekend, whatever it is, and you're 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 convicting them of what happened, you know, of with you over that weekend. So I was like breaking this all down and going, how many people use story throughout their day to convict authenticity? And how many people use story throughout their day to impress, put on a fake identity, put on something that's not true to who they are? Um, wow, who yeah. who embellishes their stories? Because I come from this kind of background where yeah. my high school, uh, I was that 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 hider, the, the liar who used story to... Um, to really embellish. Now, most of the time, you know, I had stories and they had a base and almost all of my stories were true in some aspect, but I always, I always added to them to make them much bigger than Mm -hmm. what they were to seem like I was much cooler or much more, um, you know, accepted or cultural because growing up in a private Christian school, for me, it was, you know, I wasn't cool. I couldn't connect with the public schoolers. I couldn't connect with these people. And I was like, I'm a normal person. Like, I'm cool. I'm not one of these, you know, weirdos who stays in his room all day and, you know, does my homework and then, you know, goes out and, you know, walks the neighborhood and that's my day, you know? For me, right. for me, I felt, I felt like a normal kid, but I could never connect with normal kids because I didn't see them every day because I wasn't in public high school. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of, like, dug deeper and I realized that... Um, God tells this story to um, to the disciples, and he he's talking in Luke. Um, I want to say it's Luke four or fourteen. It's something with a four in it, and he's talking about um, how he uses story to to teach people yeah. instead of using story to right. impress right. or embellish. And for me, it, it's this it's this crazy, you know. It's almost preposterous to think that like every day of my life or every day in some sort of fashion, I've communicated a story almost every time that I'm talking to somebody. And, and for me, gossip is story. Yeah. Lying is story, but also the Bible is story. Jesus is story. There are so many things that I think can be used. So, so for me, my message minute is kind of based on how can we use story to teach people right. instead of impress people or yeah. maybe instead of gaining some kind of rise from telling stories because I know I get a rise. When somebody laughs at me and I'm because I told a joke, I told them a story that made them laugh and I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go. And I buckled my pants and I'm ready to go do another crazy story and then that gets a more laugh, right? And right. that gets a higher laugh. But it's, it's, it's hard for me because I, I sit back and I go, you know what, Justin, that, 
that's not how God would tell that story. Right. How would how would the Lord tell this story and how would he use this story to teach the people? Right. And so my yeah. biggest thing right now is trying to trying to work on telling stories that are authentic to what I think God would tell that story right. and how I think I can use it to teach people. Um, and, and I think we get this, this opportunity, I, I would say minimum of a hundred times a day yeah. to, 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 it's the in line at, uh, at Starbucks. It's in line at Lowe's. Mm-hmm. If you're going to Lowe's, it's in line at the grocery store. It's, you know, getting a call from somebody. It's, it's all of these, you have, a, you have an opportunity to teach somebody through a story every single day. So that's kind of what God's been teaching me is, Justin, awesome. use story in your own way to teach people. Yeah. And not, not teach people like, oh, I have something to tell you and I'm going to teach it to you, so sit down and listen to me. But use your opportunity to teach them something that you might still be working on or you might still be learning too yeah. because, because I don't think people do that. I yeah. think it's all um, – let me tell you on Instagram, let me tell you this crazy story of what happened to me. And you know I hope everybody likes this because they either feel pity or they think I'm the coolest or you know you know these these stories on the birthday – or not birthday. You see these stories where people like take like 25 Instagram stories. Stories and they're you know they're just talking into it and they're telling this big story and at the end of it there's some crazy punchline and you know you're swiping through you're like did this really happen are you kidding me right. somebody like you know tackled six people in the line at Walmart <laughs> and you know I, I don't know there's there's right. just so much that kind of like makes me go is this really what happened is this really true and you know a right. lot of it can be but I feel like a lot of it is embellished because people don't feel people don't feel wanted enough or their story they don't feel like they are desired enough to talk to people just one-on-one i mean Mm -hmm. it's just yeah and i think honestly doing that just takes practice because it's a whole nother level of vulnerability that we have to like step into to be able to be real with people yeah there's this great book i recently read um by donald miller called scary close and it's it's all about um he talks a lot about um, just his personal life and his struggles that he had with telling stories and making himself seem larger than life. Um, and he struggled with a lot of those things and walking through that in his everyday life. And he's one of the most honest writers that I've, I've ever read. Um, and it was a really, really great book. So I highly recommend that. Really That's awesome. awesome, man. What about you, Aaron? What's God been teaching you? God's been God's been really teaching me just so much, um, and as you know that we're we're coming out of Easter, right? Um, so Easter was yesterday, which is always just such a beautiful time of mm-hmm. recognizing what Christ did for us on the cross, you know, some two thousand years ago, and um, just such a such a beautiful um, monumental moment in Christendom and it's where our faith is built upon. That's why we now gather every single week. And, um, James was one of the, one of the first and oldest books or recorded, uh, letters that was sent out in the new Testament. Um, and if you know, James is about works and faith. So taking both of those and the dichotomy between the two and, um, and how that can be a beautiful thing. And what James was was a response to uh, the kind of overzealous response to Paul's teaching, which Paul was very grace-centered and teaching a lot of grace in the early days, which is 100% true. That's, uh, that's why Jesus went to the cross, was uh, so that we would have access to the grace and mercy of God. And Paul was teaching this 
um, fervently. And then James writes a letter, and James was uh, Jesus' brother, right, um, who didn't come to faith until after the resurrection, as we come to understand. And um, so James writes this letter as a response to the Christians who are responding overzealously to Paul's teachings of grace, which Paul never intended necessarily for people to respond this way, but I'm going way around the map on this. But anyways, so basically what's happening is is the people, in light of the birth of Christ, I mean, I'm sorry, in light of the death and resurrection of Christ, the people are responding with really nothing. So they, they, they've come out of a time of being works-based and living out everything uh, that they do to a T, uh, following the law as, as sternly as they can. And now, because of the grace of Christ, they're kind of in this purgatory of actions where they're really not living out their their faith in, 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 in the works aspect of it, right? And so... Um, James writes this letter saying, listen, it takes both. And that got me thinking about the Christians today and how we respond to the resurrection of Christ. Jesus died and he rose again, and we love to look back on that. We love to remember that, and we love to think about that and dwell on that and worship Christ for that. But that worship and that dwelling on the Easter Sunday tends to... (laughs) But that worship and that dwelling on the uh, resurrection of Christ tends to remain within church walls and even house, wa- house walls. And uh, we, we don't really take that outside of the social constructs of the church. Um, and I, I can't help but recognize just the, the importance of that point, that we are not necessarily taking out our faith beyond the church walls. We love to highlight evangelism. We love to talk about evangelism a lot. And here's what happens. Christians love to evangelize to other Christians, right? Mm -hmm. Christians love to sit in small groups and talk wisdom and speak life over other people who are already filled with life and filled with wisdom. We're not so quick to go to people who are lacking in those areas. We're not so quick to go to the people who don't know about the resurrection of Christ, right? We're not so quick to broaden our evangelism. And I think God has really been laying on my heart that myself included, we need to stop evangelizing to people who don't need evangelism, right? And we need to be going out into the world where the people don't believe and really living out and working for the gospel, by the gospel, by the grace of God, in light of what Christ did for us on the day 2,000 years ago, yesterday, right? Uh, And sharing that with people beyond the church walls and beyond just our small groups and beyond just our our friend circles that are already involved in church and already have heard the gospel and believe in the gospel. yeah, I think I think that's really what God's been laying on my heart, and yeah, I'm I'm kind of in a weird circumstance being in a, a secular community for work, um, and and not really being allowed to witness. We we're I was standing at the register, and I have a key on my neck, um, a key necklace, 
and it has a number 45 on it, and that's not my number. That's just God's reminder to me of uh, how many souls he, he rescued at the Regeneration Conference, and it's a special number to me. And someone at the coffee shop was standing across from me at, on the register, and he said, hey, what's, what's your key say? He, he, and I said, it says 45. I said, it's a special number to me. And Justin was standing there, and I, I didn't share the gospel with him. And Justin was like, hey, why didn't you share the light? That was a perfect moment. You know, that was, that was odd. You should, have, you should have jumped in there. And I was like, man, I, everything in me wanted to, but because of the circumstances and the constructs and the limitations of my work and how uh, that is, um, and how they, they just restrain us from being able to share things like that freely, um, it makes it really difficult to do that. But there's other ways that we are able to introduce the gospel, um, which is just being a light, living in joy. You would be surprised how many people take notice of a smile that doesn't just fade away as the day goes on, you know? Um, You'd be so surprised at how many people notice how much you laugh, how much joy you have. And then they start asking the questions, why do you have so much joy, right? Why are you so positive? I was talking with uh, one of our... Uh, actually, one of one of my bosses, and and she um, made the comment. I, I was talking about. Um, she was. I, I'm basically working tons of hours, and she asked me. She said, "Why do you work so many hours? Like you should. You know, I know it's probably getting to you." Um, and the reality was, the shop was short-staffed, and so I filled in those spots. And she said, she asked me this question, and I was like, "Well, I know that if I was running a business, and I know that if I was short-staffed." I would need someone and want someone to step up and take these shifts so that I don't have to worry about it. And she said, why don't you live for yourself? Like, why would you live for other people? And that was just a perfect opportunity for me to say, well, because it's not about me and uh, because I believe in a God who loves me and wants me to love other people, I'm able to extend that same love to other people. And just through that small interaction, she was able to take notice of mm-hmm. something so much greater. Right. And it all comes because, you know, we're bold enough and we're confident enough to step out of our comfort zone and share the gospel beyond the people who, who we go to church with, you know? I think it's so easy, too, to get into a rhythm of, like, going to your small groups and encouraging one another and feeding that fire, um, but not really taking it anywhere. Yeah. Um, because even like what Justin was saying about telling stories and learning how to be authentic with that. I mean, that's a huge part of regeneration is building authentic believers. And I think it's something that's just going to continue to morph and grow as you grow in your relationship with Christ and be able to step into real vulnerability and authenticity. And it's just transformational when that happens. So it's really cool. It's crazy. Well, awesome. What a great show we had today. Yeah. Justin, thanks so much for Thank being you here again. Guys, where's your brother? Get him out of here, you guys. He's really <laughs> Stop. Stop. Get out. Go. So I'm cringing right now. Oh gosh. Well, um, Guru, it's great to have you here. Thanks for being with us. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. Man, what an awesome show. We talked about leaf blower guy. Um, What else did we talk about? (laughs) Famous Instagram dogs. Yeah, Yeah. leaf blower guy, famous Instagram dogs, and uh, 
breaking up with gems. It's crazy. <laughs> well, that was an awesome show. Super glad you guys joined us for that. Thanks so much for being here, Justin. Yes. Uh, you're the bomb, Alyssa. Thanks Thank again you. for being here. It's always awesome. Man, such a good time. Uh, can't wait to see you guys next week. And we hope you guys jump on our website, sign up for camp, regeneration810, re-generation810.com forward slash events. That'll take you straight to a page where you can register. And just keep in mind that the first step of registration is not the final step of registration. You will receive more information on Regen Camp when you register there. Um, it's not a sign and drive um, you still have to go through a few more steps. So if you're scared of committing to the full camp, don't be scared to just fill out that first form um, because you're not committing to anything uh, at that form. So anyways, subscribe to the podcast, you guys. Subscribe. Five stars. That'll five be stars. a huge help. Word up. That'll be awesome. Tell follow your friends us on, about us. Follow us on Instagram. Make sure you hit up Nate McGahee's uh, music, Apple Music, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, if that's still a thing. Uh, YouTube. SoundCloud. Yeah, SoundCloud. <laughs> MySpace. MySpace. <laughs> That's great. PS1. Oh, wait, no, that doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Anyways, all right. Be easy from the Regen Squad. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>